So let's go to um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. And in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verse 1, we read, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of man and God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom and gain understanding for her. she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. So here we see uh, the title of the lesson is trust in God with all your heart. Trust in God with all your heart. So what does it mean to trust in God? with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. Well, that's the rub. Here we see the scripture first before it gets to verse five is he reminds us and says, don't forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart. They're going to prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. So there's some promises there from God that if you're new or you just started pursuing a relationship with God or you're a brand new Christian, you have to uh, grasp these promises at face value because you really haven't stepped out in this relationship with God very long to like actually see if he's really truthfully going to follow through what he says. And anyone who has walked with God knows that God's promises are never broken. God is incapable of not telling the truth, but we see it. And I think every good hearted, good, meaningful young man or old man or older woman or young man, no matter where you're at in life, when you start to study the Bible, you're excited. And I think you have that premonition of, wow, I'm seeking God. And uh, I just believe he's good. But even as much as you believe that you still have to learn to trust because trust has been broken on this earth. And if you've lived any time at all, you and uh, most people have trust issues. And what I mean by that is in your life, people that you thought you could trust had let you down, maybe not on purpose, which hopefully you learn to forgive. And if you haven't learned to forgive, then you still have trust issues. But also there's other things that have happened around you that that did hurt you. And it, it wears you down and it gets to the point when you have enough pain or you feel betrayed, 
these past experiences really wire our brains to actually be anticipating the next new relationship to let us down or hurt us. And you may have been a child in a home where your mom and dad divorced, and even though directly they weren't doing it to you, it still indirectly taught you that trust was broken on one of the most important foundations that God has set is a mom and dad in a house with children. The children look at the mom and dad as the family unit, and they just feel secure and safe. But when they see turbulence and fighting and and uh, irreconcilable differences, and then eventually one of the spouses moves out, even if they both say, I love you, and we're going to be your mom and dad, and I'm sure they mean well, it doesn't matter. So many adult children are still struggling from broken trust in their families. There's many areas. But look at God's promise. Let's just say you met someone in a relationship. And they said, listen, I'm not going to let you down. What I tell you is the truth. And what I ask you to do, if you just trust me, I'm gonna, it's going to benefit your life for many years. And it's going to give you peace and prosperity. And I'm going to be involved with you and I'll never leave you. Uh, and then, and then, and then it, 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 I'm going to love and I'm going to be faithful to you as well. And I'm never going to. Uh, go back on anything. And I want you to do the same to me. So, uh, but that, that doesn't happen. Even when we are in relationships uh, that aren't following God's boundaries. And when a man and a woman have a girlfriend or they get together and they have sex and they're impure and they're not building on the promises and trusting God's plan, you get hurt by that too, because Sex damages relationships because that's the last thing God wants us to, to, to build on. He wants us to, to withhold our affection physically and our desires so we can learn to love each other as people, as a person, and look at the heart and the character and who that person is. And if you put sex in front of it, it stunts the growth and the building of the relationship that God intended. And that's why relationships are doomed when they do that. So it, it gets here to go, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Well, why does he say lean not on your own understanding? I'll tell you why. Because you're going to be fired up and excited to trust God as you start going out. But then there's going to be situations that come up that are going to cause you to want to second guess God. And that's when trials come and challenges and things don't go well or don't go in the timing that you think, or maybe you thought you should, this is the guy or girl for you. And you think for sure, this is the way it needs to happen. And it doesn't, you get your feelings hurt. And that's where you got to learn to trust God. Uh, and pain comes with trusting God because you are going to suffer on possible things you think should happen. The other case of things is we got to understand that we don't totally understand God. Sometimes we can go, why God, why did you allow this to happen? Say a loved one dies and unexpectedly, we can go, why God, why didn't you uh, help him heal? Why did you not help the doctors cure him? Why did he die? And we all die. We all know that. But then we just think that God in a loving way would never allow us to be in pain, which is another 
uh, misunderstanding uh, because pain and suffering is part of building a loving relationship with God. Um, if you go to, uh, you know, it says, trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then at verse six, it says, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So here we see the scriptures after scriptures, understanding that you're going to struggle and we're both going to want to go, I'm not feeling it. I don't. It's hard for me now to trust you. And now you're starting to take your own human reason and evaluate and second guess God. And that's why the Bible says, don't do that. Don't lean on your own understanding. And then it even says in the midst of not understanding and possibly getting worried, it says, take it up another level. In all your ways, submit to him. So it's not only saying, hey, when you're starting to struggle and lean on your understanding, you know, take it up another gear and go, God, I'm going to not only obey you, I'm going to submit to you. You are the authority over me, and I am going to believe with all my heart that you won't let me down. And he says that right there, and he will make your path straight. Verse 7 says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Here is a principle that we need to fear God. If you trust God, you need to fear God. Now, trusting God also will drive the ungodly fear out. Anxiousness, anxiety, fear. Faith will drive out another type of fear, which is sin. But, but God also says that don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So if you fear the Lord, meaning I'm not going to break trust and sin, I'm going to obey you, you will shun whatever you're being tempted to do because you're afraid it's not going to work out the way God says it. And you, the fear of the Lord, will keep you faithful because of your deep, deep respect for him. What happens when you do that? Well, God says eventually he's going to bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And then uh, that means if you live in a godly life, you're going you're gonna to shed, as you grow in the Lord, you're going to learn to take care of your body as a temple. And it's a process. But, you know, for me, I, did, I smoked and drugs and alcohol, and those were things I had to repent as a young Christian of and learn to abstain from things that I, that I actually became uh, slaves to. But I knew it was bad for me, so I shunned it. And then sexual morality, uh, before I knew how to build a relationship the way God wants with women, I thought that was kind of what you do. Most of the world seemed to agree with me, most of the men in the world. But I realized, no, that's not leaning on your own understanding. And when I did that, I started to get more healthy. And even as I've been a Christian to this day, I'm still learning self-control and learning how to uh, treat my body with respect and honor God and strive to be self-controlled. And that way, God says that you're going to have health and nourishment to your bones because you learn to uh, discipline yourself. And then he says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Here's another trust issue. Honor the Lord with my wealth, the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled and overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, check this out. It's always about trust. But before we get to trust in the Lord, he says, you need to learn to not forget the teachings. And up before that, one through five in Proverbs, keep, your, keep his commands in your heart. That means you've known the Bible so well that you've got them 
in your heart. So when you're struggling, you have the word of God inside you that when you start to pray, those truths, those anchors, those promises hold you in. It says, never let love or uh, faithfulness bind you. So you're growing and learning how to have a strong relationship with God. And he says, by doing that, you're going to have, you're going to win favor, a good favor with man and God. So you're going to see the results that being a godly man or a woman, actually even people that may not believe in God or may not be Christians still appreciate who you are because of your integrity and your heart and your work ethic. But when we get to the next part, after he blesses you with that, because if you win favor by trusting the Lord with your heart, all your heart and not leaning on your understanding, and he says you start to win favor with man, that means you're going to start to do well in the world and possibly prosper financially and do well in school and get to yourself where you're making some money and doing things. And then he says, now that don't forget that either, because by following me, I made all your paths straight. The next level is uh, honor the Lord with your wealth. The, with the first fruits of your crops. And he says, now give back to me the blessings that I've given you. So make sure that you give generously to God to advance his kingdom and continue to help the mission of evangelizing the world in this generation. We have special missions. And you got to remember, where did the wealth come from? If you think you got it because it was just your hard work and not honoring God and trusting God, then then you've been deceived because you got to give God the glory for everything. It doesn't mean that you don't do your part, but God's the one that put you in that position. So honor him. And he says, continue to honor him. And if you do that, he's going to uh, your vats and your barns will be overflowing, not just filled. And that means I'm going to give you stuff. I'm going to get no matter what. When you when you honor me first, you're going to be blessed because I see that you can handle wealth authority and and you can do well and still serve me and put me first. Um, And then he says, do not despise the Lord's discipline, which means there's going to be times where you need to understand God's going to intervene and because you're, you're struggling in trust. So to trust the Lord with all your heart is the, is the first point. The second point is don't lean on your own understanding when it gets hard. And let's look at Genesis chapter 12 um, in verse 1. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, we're going to go back and we're going to see about uh, Abraham and watch what he's done. Uh, um, Abraham is a man that had been very uh, honorable to God. And let's look what happens here in verse 12 when God comes into his life. He says, the Lord said to Abram, he hasn't been called Abraham yet. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. He says, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless you. Those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What's Abram do? So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, who later was named Sarah, and he took all his possessions. He acclimated in the people that he had acquired and he went on. So here we see he's settled, he's done well, um, 
he's used and familiar to the surroundings. It's like his place. God says, get up. I'm going to send you to a country, uh, and I want you to go uh, from your country and your people to a land I will show you. So he doesn't even really say. So now he's stepping up and saying move, which is hard enough, by the way. Did you know one of the most stressful things for people is moving? And most people, just the thought of moving and picking up and starting over is like terrifying and not even having a plan where to go. God just says go. And uh, that's what many of our missionaries do. Many disciples that become disciples, they get a conviction and they go, I'm willing to go to a foreign land and serve. And if that's my, the will for me to be there, I'll learn the language and stay there. And that's, there's many brothers and sisters that do that. And, and, and then the ones who don't, we, we serve and we, if we get, if we get good jobs, we help support with the missions and really help save cells that way. So everybody's sacrificing, but he tells them to go there. And then he gives them some ahead of time promises. You're going to go there to a land I show you. Uh, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you're going to be a blessing. And I'm going to bless those who bless you. And uh, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So he went, and he was 75 years old. In verse 4, it says Abram was 75 years old when he went. And so now he's told to go. Now, as he goes, he moves on. And in, uh, in verse 6, it says, Abram traveled to the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. And at this time, the Canaanites were in that land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, go to your offspring. I will give this land. He, so he built altars there to the Lord who had appeared with him. From then, they, they went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and I on the east, then he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Always seeking from God, what should I do? Then Abram set out and continued toward Negev. Now, there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. That wasn't told to him when God asked him to go. So see, God asked him to go to another land, and obviously it wasn't problem-free. When a famine comes up in the land, that's serious. And uh, Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was so severe, detour, major, not planned out situation. And as he entered Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know you're a beautiful woman. And to me, you're the most beautiful, but men are going to see how beautiful you are. And in verse 12, he says, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but let you live there. Say to say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw Sarai and how beautiful she, of a woman she was. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, uh, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into the, his palace. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because Abram's wife, because of Abram's wife, Sarah. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her to be my wife. 
Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. So what do we see here? Well, we see a, uh, a problem because here Abram's doing very well. But as we uh, can see here, that he gets afraid and stops trusting God. So do me a favor. Let's turn over to um, uh, Jeremiah 17 in uh, verse um, 7. So Jeremiah 17, turn there with me. I want to show you something really quick here. It's awesome. Jeremiah 17 in verse, we'll pick it up in verse 7, and it says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green and no it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Uh, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So I want to just let you see here that another word in the Bible for trust in the Lord is all your heart is have confidence, have full confidence in it. So here we see when things start to go wrong, you need to understand no matter what's coming up, you are like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out to the streams, even though you don't see any water at the time. The Bible says that you're going to be flourishing, not just struggle on tests. When you obey God, it's not that you're going to go into a struggle. So you're going to be vibrant because of a tree by the stream. He says you're going to be like that, even though heat and trials are coming and, heat and, and drought. You're still going to be like a tree planted by uh, the water and since that's root, it says it does not have fear when heat comes and its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. So even in a year of drought, that could be you could have a hard year. I've had a hard year as a Christian, but you still obey because as time goes, you look past it. No matter what, you learn lessons through obedience. Uh, but it doesn't mean you're not challenged. The challenge here is that. Uh, Abram gets into a situation, instead of trusting God, he starts to fear, get afraid that he could get in trouble, and he starts to realize that these guys may kill me and take my wife. And he tells his wife to lie and say, be my, tell him you're my sister. And we see because of his fear, he forgot that right there, He's not trusting God with all his heart, and he starts to lean on his own understanding, and he starts going, whoa, this doesn't look good, and he says, they're going to kill me, so can you do this? So he starts thinking only of himself, and when you start to fear and not trust God, you start to become self-centered and selfish, which we realize he didn't even speak about what would happen, the fact that if he does that, Pharaoh would take him into the house, take his wife, and have sex with her. Uh, did he even think about her welfare? No, he just goes, I need to do this because I'm afraid something's going to happen. So God saw this even in spite of his sin of not trusting, and God prevented it. And that's grace. God will do that for you as well. Look at um, 
Genesis 20 and see, we see Abraham now, he names him Abraham, but God had to intervene or Pharaoh would have had sex with Sarah. But then we see later on another scenario happens and it says and in verse one in Genesis chapter 20. Now Abram moved on from there into the region of Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. And for a while he stayed in Gehar. And there Abraham said of his wife, she is my sister. Then Amalbic, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. Abraham had used this same trick before to protect himself. Although Abraham was one of our heroes in the faith, he did not learn his lesson well enough the first time. In fact, by giving in to temptation again, he risked turning a sinful act into a sinful pattern of lying. Whenever he suspected his life was in danger, he was tempted to lie. And lying started to become a pattern. No matter how much we love God, certain temptations uh, are especially difficult for us to resist. These are the vulnerable spots in our spiritual armor. As we struggle with these weaknesses, we can be encouraged to know that God is watching out for us, even if we don't see this. So, um, you know, what's really interesting in this is that uh, he starts to do exactly what Proverbs 3 says not to do. Don't lean on your own understanding. And he does. And um, because of that, he does a serious sin and lies, gets self-centered and puts his wife again at jeopardy. So if you if you continue to read with me in uh, in Genesis. Chapter four. Um, we see that uh, as it goes on. Um, he goes down and um, in Genesis chapter 20, verse 4, we see, uh, then he takes her and in verse 9, uh, God intervenes again. And uh, he has a dream. So pick this up first in verse six says, then God said to him in a dream. Yes, I know you did this. And I'm sorry, back up to verse four. Uh, This is how much God loves us, even though we're going to break trust. We got to learn the lesson, though. Uh, It says God came to Abimelech in a dream in verse three of chapter 20 of Genesis one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because you uh, of you are taking a woman and she is married to a man. Now, Mimic had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she's my sister? And didn't she also say, he's my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who uh, belong to you will die. Early the next morning, I summoned these officials, 
And when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. And then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, what have you done to us? How have you wronged me and have brought such a great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never have been done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, now check that out. I said to myself, there is no, there is surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. So he does not trust God. He stopped obeying God because he did not believe God would protect him and put him in a bad situation, which God hates adultery, hates divorce. So obviously he stopped focusing on the scriptures. And if you go to um, um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse um, 1, uh, I mean, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 again, let's look at that because you've got to learn this lesson here. Because if you don't trust God, you, um, you're not going to grow. You're, you're going to be stuck in the same position over and over. And if you don't learn the lesson, you're going to get bitter and you won't stay faithful. So God is going to work. You saw God, he intervened twice on Abram, Abraham, because if he didn't, sin would have happened. And his wife was left very vulnerable. And the second time, we see that his wife had been trained to lie with him. So he's responsible as the husband because he's not leading his wife spiritually. And his wife also said, hey, I'm his sister. So she's willing to take the hit. And if you look at this, this is exactly what Abraham and many of us do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. When the heat came and it was challenging and he started to reason with his own mind, he says, I said to myself, these people don't fear God. Well, how did he know that? Because he was wrong. They did fear God. Even though they weren't people of God, they feared him. And you don't know what's in people's hearts. So he reasoned by himself and leaned on his own understanding and then made a decision to, to not trust God because I don't believe God's going to protect me. That's what he's basically saying. And he did not submit in all the ways, stopped obeying, and then rationalized and justified and spun the plate like he was his half-sister, like because he said he, she was his half-sister, which was true, but it wasn't holding water with God. God said, she's your wife. And it says if he would have done that in all his ways and submitted to him, he would have he worked it out. God would have intervened. He intervened anyway in spite of his sin. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Uh, fear the Lord and shun evil. See, to trust God, you must fear the Lord and shun the evil and say, you know what? Uh, even if they say, I'm going to tell them this is my wife. Please respect us. That's what you got to do and wait. You cannot reason and go, they're not going to get it. They're not going to go. No, you can't because he became selfish again and did not think about his wife being taken into a foreign land and God knows what would have happened to her if God didn't intervene. She would have at least been sexually uh, had adultery committed on her. But who knows if she would have been beaten or, or raped or whatever. But all he cared about is, I just don't want to get hurt. So you need to lie. And that's what happens when we 
don't trust God and obey his commandments. We get self-centered and selfish because we just don't think God's going to do it. So we don't, we lose commitment. We don't devote ourselves. We stop doing the will of God the way he wants because now our lives we must make happen because we don't trust God's promises that he'll take care of us. And then we just get in a very vicious, bad cycle. So, uh, after we do that, it says here, if you fear the Lord in verse eight, it will bring health to your body. And then it says, honor your Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and the vats will brim over with new wine. Once again, a trust issue. He doesn't need your money, but he's blessed your life because you've trusted him. You've worked hard. You've leaned not on your own stand, not on, not on your own understanding. It even says earlier in Proverbs that if you do, if you really be faithful and do what I say, you're going to win favor in the eyes of men and God. When you win the eyes, the favor of eyes, the favor in the eyes of men, that means you're going to get promoted. You're going to get that job. You're going to show people that you have integrity of heart. You're a hard worker. You're going to have the qualities that every human being looks for. And by hard work, you'll prosper. And then God will bless you with wealth. And then he says, now here's another trust issue. Give me the first fruits and be generous to me and make sure that the kingdom, my kingdom, is your treasure. So give generously and advance the kingdom, whether you're on staff or you give to put other people on staff and have a vision like Jesus has a vision to save the world and not just go, I'm here and I give and I got my life. You never were meant to get saved and now just build, go back to your life and just be a a, a spectator. You are a participating in the faith of God. And he says, if you honor me with my, with your, with your wealth, the first fruits, give me first of what I blessed you with. He says another promise, then your barns will be overflowing and your vats will become, uh, will brim over with new wine. He says, if you put me first and give me what you make first and keep me first, I'm going to not only bless you, but you're not going to have enough room for it because God sees you can handle wealth and you're going to use it for what is really important. And that is serving God and saving souls, because the only thing that lasts for eternity is the souls of men and women on this planet. And you got to ask yourself, if you're trusting in anything man-made, your career, your life, and you're selfish, and you're not growing to care about others more than yourself and want to help people become disciples and serve God and be and give back to God. We have special missions coming up on June 30th. I want to commend the church. We're 56% there. We got 44% more to go. And, and I believe we can do it if all of us trust the Lord with all of our heart and continue to give like you're doing. Uh, this is an awesome church and, and we are an awesome people of God because we are tight with God and tight with one another. And let's keep doing that. So um, I want to just commend you guys to trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and um, not Forget about it. And closing out, let's look at Hebrews 13, 4. Everything God asks us to do, he doesn't have to prove it to you. He just says, believe me. He doesn't lie. And you may have been burnt and hurt people. And I'm sure if you're honest, you've lied to people because all men are liars and women. We may have tried to change, but we've let people down and people have let us down. And you cannot allow the past hurts 
make you treat God that way. God never lies, and you got to let give him time. What you're going to see is you're letting God down, and he's still going to intervene for you. So you're going to see that you're in a relationship where really you're the one that's being exposed. And it says here in verse 4, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And so we say with confidence, which is trust, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to look at each other. The Bible says it's so powerful of a truth that when you see brothers and sisters that are older than you and have been more faithful, if they've held the line and really grown in their trust and obedience, you'll see a life that's consistent in God showing up and blessing them. And I can tell you for 26 years, I have made and strived to keep Jesus as Lord. And God has blessed me. He's disciplined me. And I've broken trust. But I can tell you something. It's never been his fault. It's always been me. And I learn every time. And you can look at many great examples. That's why it says, look at people around you that have been doing it for a while, which would be leaders, because when they grow... If you grow in your trust with God, you're naturally going to go, I want to do more. Use me, God. And it, it, to, to, to do better in life and take blessings from God, but still do the minimum in the church, there's a disconnect. There's a problem with the heart. And God will be patient with you, but you should be willing to serve God more. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the thing about it, God will never leave you, never forsake you, never go back on a promise, and never put you in a position where you have to sin. It, you may need to suffer, but he will not put you in a position because he wants you to sin. So trust God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And then continue to trust and obey because obedience is where the blessing zone is with God. Have a great day. To God be the glory.